Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It is great uh, to be with you this evening uh, on this fine, beautiful, warm, sunny day here in the UK. Uh, It's great that you're here. Welcome to the show. Uh, If this is your first time here, a big, fat, warm welcome to you. And uh, it's great that you're here. So, Uh, Let me just bring, there we go, that's better, you can see me now, so welcome to the show. Uh, Like I say, it's great that you're here. This show is dedicated to all of you who are in the world of e-commerce and just want to get better at doing e-commerce business and growing your online business. And in tonight's show, we get to chat to the amazing JJ Resnick, all the way from the States. Uh, He's going to be joining us, uh, hopefully for the duration of the show. Uh, He may have to rush off uh, if his wife sort of starts to give birth to their second child, but we're hoping we should be okay. Uh, And JJ is going to be chatting with us about his blueprint, about his eight steps to uh, building a successful online business. We're going to get into all of that. JJ is a top bloke, uh, as with all folks I do, like a pre-podcast call. I talk to my guests before we let them live on the show. And um, our little 20-minute pre-podcast call turned into a bit of a marathon session, it has to be honest. Uh, and it was great just to catch up with JJ. So you're going to love him that much, I do know. Now, if this is your first time to the show, like I say, big, fat, warm welcome. But make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your content. And if you are listening to the show in uh, in audio format through the podcast, a big, warm welcome to you through your headphones. Uh, you may not know, or you may know if you're a regular to the show, that when we record the interviews, we record them uh, live through Facebook. So we broadcast the interview through Facebook Live at the same time uh, as we record them. So you can come along, you can give us a thumbs up, you can join in the conversation, you can add your comments and questions uh, to the guests and we will get into all of that. So do check us out on Facebook if you haven't done so already. Um, Just head on over to facebook.com forward slash Matt Edmondson CO, um, as in Matt Edmondson Company, Matt Edmondson Co., uh, and you will find all the information there. Another good place to head to is the website, mattedmondson.com. All the show notes from tonight's podcast will be on there. All of the notes, all of the links, the links to JJ, everything he's going to talk about, everything that I'm going to talk about, all the sponsors, All the subscription links, the Facebook link, the YouTube link, all of them will be on the website. So if you remember nothing else, just head over to mattedmondson.com and you will find everything you need to know right there. And I am super psyched to announce that by the end of this week, uh, today being Monday at the time of recording, by the end of this week, uh, all of the new e-commerce course will be live on the website. So you can join the e-commerce masterclass um, and you can download that course. We're doing a really superb special offer during the COVID lockdown. Um, and we know a lot of people have gone through it already. You can read all their testimonials. I won't bore you with them uh, on the podcast, but trust me, you will get a lot of value out of this course. We go through how, just everything that I do to build an e-commerce business. So do check that out. Again, all the details will be on the website, madmanson.com. Uh, 
If you're watching on Facebook, they won't be there now. They'll be there in a couple of days' time. It will be live by the end of this week. Uh, trust me, so do keep an eye out for that. Now, before we get into our conversation with JJ, let me just give a big shout-out, as usual, to our show sponsors, who, without them, this show would not be possible. And the first would be Curious Digital, the e-commerce platform that I use to drive my own e-commerce businesses. So if you are in the markets for a new e-commerce platform, do check that out. Uh, do check out um, curious.digital uh, and have a look at it. Uh, it's amazing, amazing platform. And it doesn't matter if you're just starting out, there's a starter platform. It doesn't matter if you're a multi-million dollar business, there is something for you, trust me, uh, and you know everybody else in between. Uh, so do check out curious.digital. And the second sponsor of the show is Lightbulb Agency, the end-to-end e-commerce services business that does all of those parts of e-commerce that you either don't want to do or don't have the skills to do. Do check them out at Lightbulb Agency. So if you want help with fulfillment, for example, check them out. Uh, they even ship from the UK to the States for a lot of clients. Um, and so that was my segue. Did you like that? Did you like how I did that? Uh, <laughs> to my guest who is also in the States at the moment. Now, let me read this out to you uh, because I, I want to make sure we get this right. In tonight's podcast, we are going to interview JJ Resnick, who is an expert in working with brands to help them succeed online. In tonight's show, JJ and I are going to chat about his eight-step blueprint for building a successful e-commerce business. It is the exact same checklist that they use themselves whenever they're building their own businesses. So we know this works. We know it's good to go. This is not theory. This has been proven and tested in the real world. So without further ado, let's bring JJ onto the show. JJ, it is good to see you. My friend, welcome to the show. It's great that you're here. Hey, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Happy to be here. All the way from, whereabouts are you? are in California, right? I am in Marin, which is about 20 miles north of the Golden Gate Bridge. Ah, I love that part of the world. I just love it. It is a great place. If you've never been, yeah, folks a- from England, do head out. It is the Golden Gate Bridge is just stunning. And you can you can hire bikes, can't you, and cycle across that thing. You can. And exactly. And now now in fact just this morning I was reading about um these new water bikes that people are taking out there um going across the bay and it's pretty wild. Never seen anything like it. Water bikes. Yeah, you can check them out. In fact, I just saw a news article with Connor McGregor, he was with the uh, Princess of Monaco, I think it was, and he was posting how they were on a water bike race. And so I was so intrigued. I, I Googled, I just saw the name Schiller on the side of this thing. It looks like a, um, like a boat, essentially, um, like a small raft mm. with a bike on top and they're just cruising through the ocean. So I Google the company and it looks like they're based out here because all their photos showing people going under the golden gate bridge. I was like, there's no way I'm going out there. <laughs> it's great white central out there. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Great whites are flying out of the water oh, right wow. around there. You know, the whole Alcatraz. Yeah. 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 People would try escaping, and most of them would be uh, taken. Okay. They would never be seen again. Just because of the great white sharks. 
there's a lot of sharks out there. Wow. So you're not going to catch me on one of those water bikes, <laughs> but may, maybe on my golf course pond out back here. <laughs> That might be fun. Wow. Living the dream there on your golf course pond, driving a water bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way of the future. JJ, do me a favor. Just could you be a little bit more central on your video? Um, it's just, there we oh, go. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 it's not that. It's We do this split screen view, which I know you can't see because you're joining us on Skype. And so we were only seeing your nose a little bit. So there we go. We get full, full facial features that. now. Trying to get comfortable at my desk here. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it for you now? It is uh, 10.50, 10.50 okay. in the morning. 10.50 in the morning. That's not too bad. Uh, and how have you found lockdown? You know, it hasn't been so bad for me, honestly, because I'm here in my office I've been here in my office for the last many years. Um, only leave to play a little golf and go to the grocery store. So going into lockdown wasn't much of a change. But, um, you know, the whole world is a bit crazy, a bit yeah. chaotic right now. So I feel for everybody that's that's having to go through some some massive change. But for me specifically, it's just kind of biz- business as usual, building e-com brands here in my basement. And uh, that's what I love to do. So <laughs> so how long have you been doing that? How long have you been involved in it? You know, really for about a decade. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I got in right around 2007, eight. Uh, as soon as my professional golf days ended, my career ended uh, due to a knee injury. But I mean, I messed around with every type of online business you can imagine from okay. trying affiliate stuff to I didn't I never went into drop shipping. But if if I found a course on how to make money online back in 08, 09, you better believe I was buying it. So, you know, I was searching for those mentors and just trying to figure it all out at that point. Um, so I probably spent really four or five years at least struggling and just going from thing to thing. And it wasn't until 2012 when it all just came together with my first uh, e-com business. So and what was the tipping point then? What what sort of, what made it to go from being hard work to, to working for you? Well, I think a lot of it was, um, you know, a lot of people will say luck, mm-hmm. but I don't really believe in luck. I think luck is just a, you know, a combination of, preparation and opportunity really just coming together. You got to be putting yourself constantly in the right places and, and throwing things at the wall. And if you do that enough times, something's going to stick and then people see that and they're like, Oh, he got lucky. But, um, yeah, it just, it just so happened that a friend of mine had come back from Afghanistan and he, his Humvee was hit by an IED and he ended long story short, he ended up getting a service dog 
and we were at a party one night. He's telling me all about this new life of his with his service dog and how he's he had just been kicked off of an American Airlines flight going back to see his family. Right. Yeah, and that just blew me away. So, I mean, when I, when I hear something like this, I'll just dig in and start, just like I told you about that water bike. You mm. know, I see something on the news and then I go down a rabbit hole sometimes for a couple hours just because I'm curious. And, and I think that's, that's probably been one of my, I guess, um, best attributes or yeah. strong, you know, just being curious and Hey, we're on the curiosity podcast, right? <laughs> no, it's true. And I, I think curiosity is one of the most, um, underutilized or untalked about gifts, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. it's, it's something that I think gets talked out of you when you're in your childhood and it really shouldn't, you know, you should definitely foster that gift and, and stay curious. Definitely. Yeah. It blows me away. How so many of my friends or just people I come across, we both see the same thing and they just continue walking by and forget about it two seconds later. And my mind is going on thinking about, wait a minute, how's that made? Who's making, you know, who, who are the competitors in this space? Can it be improved? You know, things like that. So it's really a, a mindset shift. Um, and that just comes, I think, through time and doing this over and over. But anyhow, um, so that next day, I just started looking into uh, the whole um, industry and realized there was a, a big pain point here for a lot of our um, disabled vets mm. and, and just disabled Americans in general. And so I, I set out on a mission to go and help him. And I started creating all of these, um, all the service dog supplies. So harnesses and vests and things like that. And okay. I didn't do it for, to make millions of dollars. I, I did it to, to help. And again, I learned afterwards that I think that was really one of the other biggest things that set that business off. Um, you know, when you're just getting into something all about the money and that's all you care about, I think you're, you're going to have a tough time. Uh, I think you really need a bigger why and yeah. reason in, in everything you're doing. But, um, yeah, I figured, Hey, maybe it'll make me a few thousand dollars a month and be a fun side project to help. Mm -hmm. Well, within about six, seven months, well, I should say in the first month, we hit $12,000 <laughs> in sales and I was blown away. And then it just, it was like 20,000 the next month, 30, yeah. I think by month nine, we were at six figures wow. and yeah, the business just blew up. Um, so that was exciting. But then about two years in, the industry started going in a direction that I didn't care for. You started seeing um, all of these socialites who had, I won't name any names, but, you know, like the blonde haired socialites who had their own reality TV shows and um, little chihuahua dogs. Yeah. And they start, I started seeing their names coming through our purchase orders and I was going, this doesn't make any sense. Like this, 
definitely is, is not a service dog. Um, and that got me, um, I just lost passion for the yeah. industry after that. So it just so happened, I, I guess you could say luck again, right? Um, I was born into a family where my great grandmother had invented a cocktail called the Moscow mule. And, and, uh, at this point I was overseas. I was at the Canton fair doing some sourcing for service dog products. And remember I was right at the end of that business. I was losing my passion and I walked through a, a kitchen expo on my way home to the hotel for the evening. And it's filled with Moscow mule. Oh. Okay. So we seem to have lost JJ and it is reconnecting now, it tells me. So just bear with us one second while we pull that on. And whilst hopefully JJ is coming back, I do want to emphasize this point that he was talking about that, um, look, it's, I, I, there's that famous quote, isn't there? The more I prepare the luckier I seem to get. I can't remember who said it. I just, um, I just remember someone did say that. JJ, you're back. I'm here? Yeah, okay. you kind of went off for a little second there. It kind of lost connection. The trouble I was with afraid I was rambling on too much. And <laughs> off. We, just, we just cut the feed every now and again. No, I was yeah. just saying whilst it was reconnecting there, I, I liked what you were saying about luck and about how, um, about how, uh, that, that quote, the, the more prepared I am, the luckier I seem to get, or the harder I train, the luckier I seem to get. It's that kind of gist of things, and I can't remember who said it. Um, but you were talking about luck again, weren't you? And it's like, but you're right, the more you prepare, the luckier you seem to get. So let's get back to your story. You're uh, walking through this hotel lobby. Um, yeah, and you can cut me off. I tend to go on and um, on tangents sometimes. So uh, I, anyway... Yeah, I'll finish up real quick. So I'm walking through the hotel. There's Moscow mule mugs everywhere. And I look at my dad. So it was his grandmother, my great-grandmother, who had, in, who had invented this cocktail in mm-hmm. 1941. Wow. And I had inherited this original mug that she had created the cocktail in. Okay. But they looked, they looked nothing like the mugs that I was seeing. So I started picking some of these up and talking with some of the vendors and realized that they were just pieces of tin with copper spray paint. Um, and they were calling them Moscow mule mugs. Mm -hmm. So again, my mind started going, I get back to the hotel room and I tell my dad, you know, this is it. This is my calling. I, he knew I was losing passion at the time for Mm -hmm. the dog industry. And so I spent the next six, eight months, on the mission to source the best copper in the world and, you know, remake the original, um, copper mug. Okay. And, you know, I already, I knew how powerful story was in creating a brand. And so I had already inherited this story. So it just all, all the stars aligned for me there. And we ended up not going to China because, again, it was all just really a bunch of junk over there when it came to copper. And we found the best copper was sourced in India, Turkey, and Mexico. Okay. Well, I eliminated Mexico because the town they were um, 
making all the copper was one of the biggest um, cartel cartel towns. <laughs> yeah, you so, don't want to get involved in that. Yeah, not about to go down there. No. Um, and then Turkey, some other issues. So we ended up going with India, and it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, you know, and speaking of luck, about three months after we launched the Moscow Copper Company, um, two things happened. Within the first week of launch, Food and Wine magazine published an article, never reached out to me. I had no idea that they even did this. So I'm not expecting any traffic to come to the site yet. Mm -hmm. Had not started running ads. And I start getting boom, 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 literally order after order every 10, 20 seconds. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually at Digital Marketers um, Traffic and Conversion Summit at the time. And I run up to my hotel room and like, you know, race onto the computer to see where the source of the traffic was, find this article. And I mean, it just, it couldn't have been a better ad yeah, man. because it wasn't an ad. It was an, a nice editorial piece yeah. at the end. It just said, if you want to get your original classic mugs, click here. So, you know, then, uh, what was it? So are you still doing the Moscow Mule company? You know, right around the end of 2019, so at Black on Black Friday we closed and I sold a majority stake uh, in that company. So okay. I still have partial ownership, but um, not involved in the day to day any longer. So um, and what's the website? Because I'll check it out later. I'm curious. Yeah, it's MoscowCopper.com. Okay, and we also controlled the our media. Um, portion of that business was moscowmule.com so that's obviously the valuable most valuable domain name yeah. in the cocktail space and um was that's very really lucky to last yeah. last year uh towards the end of last year we went to um a local company here to make gin you know gin and tonic it's a very popular drink in the uk i don't know if it's popular in the states but here yeah fever is tree Fever tree, yeah, fever tree uh, tonic is really yeah, yeah. popular. Yeah, massive thing. And so we went on this experience where you brewed, uh, brewed is brew the right word? Distilled your own gin is probably a better phrase to use. And they use these copper distills. And I thought the way they did yes. the whole thing was really clever. And I was like, I took some photos of the copper distill because like you, I'm like, right, I'm going to go to this company and I'm going to say, listen, I really, can I sort, I just want this copper distill here. And I know somebody in the botanical industry, so I could create the botanicals, no problem. I could get the copper distill and I could put them together on a website and sell like mm. a gin distill kit. You know, and you buy it as a gift and then you can buy your botanicals from me, no problem. I thought this would be Brilliant. really fun, a great idea to do. Until I went to the copper distill company and they said, well, you have to buy the whole range. And I said, I don't want a whole range. I just want to buy this one because it was really cool the way it all worked. Um, and they said, well, no, 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 you have to buy the whole one. I'm like, do you actually have any distributors anywhere in the UK? Portuguese company. Um, and they're like, no, no. And I'm like, no, guys, come on, seriously, think about it. no. It's really funny, isn't it? Sometimes it just doesn't work out, but you have these great ideas. So maybe put me in touch with your Indian copper company and I can talk to them about getting them made. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love to see what uh, what you had in mind there too. Yeah. Talk more about that. Absolutely. 
So <clears throat> let's go through your, you've obviously um, set up a lot of companies um, and sold them or, or, or a bit like me, you know, you sort of every couple of years you want to do something new and reinvent yourself, which is cool. Um, and you've got this sort of eight step blueprint, um, you call it. So can we go through that? What your eight steps are? Sure. I'd be um, happy to. We'll, and, and we'll just, run through it. Obviously we can't go through, you know, the, um, the entire thing, but I can also, um, I think my team created a link for your audience that they can go through, um, later we've outlined or we we've given the entire blueprint out so they can go to, I believe it's buildmybrand.xyz forward slash curiosity. Yes. And if you fact, go there, I'm going to copy that link here and I'll put it on the screen. Uh, you carry on talking, JJ, while I just Yeah, so that. after the episode, you know, you can go through and, and see the whole thing. And we're constantly updating um, that blueprint. So you'll actually have access to a full members area when you go through that. And we'll be keeping you updated with any changes we make to the blueprint as we um, update them. But, um, yeah, so phase one is what we like to call the game plan. And that's really where we're coming up with the, whatever the niche product idea is that we're going to build. And, you know, there's, there's kind of a big controversy with this phase one. And I'll tell you that. I like big controversy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've heard this, Matt, you've got, plenty of entrepreneurs that I really respect that will tell you phase one should be building your raving fans, building your audience out before you're coming up with any product or niche. Well, you're coming up with a niche, but just creating say a Facebook page around um, outdoors, you know, or Mm. people that like to hunt or camp And then you build that audience up, then figure out later what products they want, sell them the products. Now I've done it both ways. I've done it that way. And I've also done it where I've started phase one with a product idea. Yeah. And, and it just for this purpose, we're going to start with phase one being coming up with your product idea. Okay. Because I think it's a bit easier that way. Um, and we probably 70, 80% of the time go that route. Yeah. Mainly because I'm always, I've got a list in my iPhone of probably a hundred ideas at this very moment that I've researched, vetted. And I know for a fact I could build a, a seven, eight figure business with these ideas, but just don't have the time. Right. I'm sure you've yeah. got the same. Well, that's the reason I'm smiling. Um, like you, I, I'd say to people that you've got to start with a product. You've got to have a product that people want to buy first and foremost. Um, and I'm like, you right. I'm constantly making notes on my phone. Well, that looks interesting. You go away, you do a bit of research and find out, Oh, that's a bit too saturated. I'll, I'll put that on the scratch list or that one looks into Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So anyway, just to briefly cover phase one, uh, and the research I go through, there's a couple tools I'll, I'll use. Let's mm. say I see a product and it, and I'm curious about it. I jump on the computer. I'll first check out, um, helium 10. 
they have a, um, it's an Amazon tool. Okay. And so I'll go on there and, and I'll just, um, reverse engineer everything and I can see how much search volume there is Mm -hmm. for that product in that niche. Um, see how many competitors are out there. If every competitor on the first page has over a hundred reviews and has been around for years, I'm probably going to scratch the idea. Granted, I also, um, am a big believer in building your own brand Mm -hmm. and not building what people call an Amazon business. There really is no such thing as an Amazon business. You you might sell on the Amazon platform, but if you're building a business, you're creating a brand and you're just using that platform. And I don't like to, um, you know, I look at it like I'm building my tent in somebody else's backyard. You know, I want my own land to build my house on. Um, so first and foremost, I will, I'm, I'm setting out to create a brand that people will know, like, and trust and build brand loyalty there. Yeah. But if I can get hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on Amazon in the meantime, great. Yeah. Then I, so you're not doing it at the exclusion of Amazon, but you're not doing exclusively Amazon. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And some products like Moscow copper, we didn't even really touch Amazon. Um, that was, couldn't even compete there because people were selling four copper mugs for $25 when we were selling one for $49. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. not the right platform. So yeah, it all depends on the business and please stop me. If, if I need to move quicker, just let me know. Um, so phase one is, um, you call it the game plan and that's researching your product. Um, and you do that using helium 10. Is that right? I'll use helium 10, but if, if I want to, um, come up with new ideas, I'll go on to sites. I'll look at Amazon bestseller list. Mm -hmm. I'll, um, look at sites like Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Yeah. That's a big one. I mean, you can just go down a rabbit hole for days and yeah 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 Yeah. finding things there so i was amazed by how many people would come to me and their their problem was having no idea yeah and because like both of us you know they're a dime a dozen but um yeah you're right i think it's um i've always been intrigued by people saying i don't i don't actually know what to sell i want to set up an online business but i don't know what to sell i'm like goodness me yeah, uh, there, there is definitely no shortage of ideas and stuff which you can sell. Uh, you just need I to think learn a lot how to do it, the research. Exactly. And a lot of it is they just have no clue that these tools even exist. They yeah. see them and they're like, you can see how many people are searching this topic each month. Yeah. You can see how many sales your competitors are making. It, it blows people away more yeah. in this space. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, once you've got your idea, you move on to phase two. And this is where we come up with a name for the business. Okay. So you know, you've not I'm, named the business until phase two. Right. We get in and I use tools like name mesh is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, and lean domain search mm-hmm. sometimes. And I'll just, I'll write out all the, um, base keywords, you know, and adjectives that describe the product. 
um, or the emotions I'm trying to evoke and, and I'll just put them together and I'll look through there and I'll do trademark search, of course, make sure I'm not infringing. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's back and forth with my team shooting names for a couple days. We'll let them marinate and then we'll, we'll pick one. Um, and I like to say that a name can make a business, but it's probably not going to break your business. So if you've got a great product and a crappy name, um, you know, you're probably still going to do okay. Yeah, yeah. But if you got a great name, you're, it's probably going to help you a bit. So, yeah, but if you've got a crap product, but a great name, yeah, there's, there's no, right. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. So then phase three, we move on. Um, this is the very fun legal phase. Um, <laughs> my favorite. And I don't think so. Yes. I, uh, Important, but I really, not fun. I really um, am hands off during this phase. Fortunately, we've found a great um, legal team out here. In the st- and if any, anybody's watching from the States, or from California, um, hit me up and I can introduce you to our team. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. We've got a team of accountants, CPAs, um, great legal, all of it covered in under one roof. Wow. So, so yeah, we figure out whether, or I should say they, they tell me whether we're best suited on this brand to be an LLC or an S corp C corp. And they get all that stuff structured. Again, I, I know very little when it comes to taxes and the structure of corporations. Yeah. I think it. it's good advice though, because I mean, <laughs> you know, in the States you have very different company structures to what we have here in the UK. Um, and I dare say listeners all around the world, you, you, you know, your local company structure is going to be different. So how you set that up will be very dependent on the territory that you're in it will be dependent upon the territories that you want to sell to and the best people to help you with that are going to be a good local legal team and it's worth having a conversation with them in the early stages because you don't want to get caught later on down the line that's for sure so um, exactly yeah. yeah i don't know about you but i've gone down that road with my first business and playing um catch up is or you know going backwards and trying to fix things years is, down the road is, is a nightmare nightmare and when yeah. you're trying to sell your company which i was going to get into later in phase eight which is the exit phase of your business yeah well i'll save that for a few minutes yeah, yeah we'll but, get um, into that but no definitely get the legals done right at the start especially if you are entering into an agreement with another company or if you're entering into an agreement with, say, a partner or an investor, um, even if the partner or investor is your friend at the early stages, you know, the early stages, everybody's still Most friends. Most importantly, if they're your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because when if you, you want to keep them money, your friend. Yeah, <laughs> or when times get tough, that's when you really, really need to make sure all that documentation's in place. Trust me, I have been burned, oh, definitely been burned by this, and I'm sure, JJ, you have as well. Which is why we're oh, like, yeah. no, no, get it sorted right at the start. Trust us on this. Having been yeah. around the block a few times, get it fixed from day one. Because if you're anything like, you know, like you or I, 
you just, you want to race, get off to the yeah. races with your idea. And it's all just fun and games in the beginning. Like, Oh yeah, you want to be my partner? Let's do this. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. We're now making a million dollars every month and we don't have everything in place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things can get ugly. Yeah. Um, so moving on to phase four, Mm-hmm. And once we've got all the legal structure in place, the, and and also I should mention, sometimes we'll start phase four while phase three is happening behind the scenes, mm-hmm. because as long as we know the corporation is just about to um, be finalized, we can be getting phase four, finding our raving fans going because the process for doing that is getting the shell of our website built, yeah. um, getting the blog set up. It's having our content team um, publishing a few different articles, which we, to find those articles that we're going to write, we're using, again, tools like Helium 10, Ahrefs. Um, we're finding the keywords that people yeah. are searching for and then, writing articles there. So that way we're, we're really getting a head start on S- our SEO strategy so that we can start driving organic traffic to the site um, when it's ready. Yep. Because, you know, it's going to take a month, to, one to three months to go through the product creation phase. And so by the time the product's here and ready to go, we may already have some articles that are starting yeah. to rank. Yeah, because it takes a good, it can take three to six months for your articles to rank. It's not always the case, but most of the time it's it's a medium-term yeah. strategy, isn't it, SEO? Exactly. Depending on how difficult, you know, your keywords are, mm. it could take six to nine months. Um, but yeah, so phase four there is is finding those raving fans and just starting to build up an audience Um, you know, you're getting all your social media accounts set up. You're start, we're starting to split test, um, some funnels. So some lead magnets, tripwires, um, just to bring, bring those. Just interrupt one second here, JJ, because, um, I, I know what you mean when you say things like funnels and lead magnets and, and all these sorts of things. I just wonder you know, if there's people listening to the show who go, what are you talking about when you say funnels and lead magnets? There are things, they may be phrases that people have heard, but never okay, really understood. Sure. So let's just, let's just clarify Makes what sense. they are. Sure. That I'll, I'll use this example because something we've started doing recently that I'm more excited than just about anything for right now mm-hmm. is these quiz funnels that yeah, we've started that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I found, so anytime I'm trying to learn a new topic, yeah. you know, everything I'm talking about today, I didn't invent or create any of this stuff. I've, I've searched out and found the best of the best in each of these fields. And I've hired them to mentor me and spend, you know, I spent thousands of dollars on masterminds to, to do this stuff. And there's a guy, Ryan Levesque. Are you familiar with, mm-hmm. with Ryan? Yep. And so he is the master when it comes to building quiz funnels. 
he started doing these for com- major corporations like proactive skincare, um, revolution golf. And what they are is they're the quizzes you, you'll see in social media. They're, they're marketing quizzes that will say things like, um, what is your biggest swing killer? You know, if it's for the golf swing sure. and you, you go in and you take this five to 10 question quiz with the idea of figuring out what your biggest killer in your golf swing is. And then what they do is they're, they're using this as a tripwire or lead magnet to get your information. And so uh, they're building thousands and thousands of leads per day doing this. And we've started testing them and it's incredible because you're able to get, um, leads for pennies on the dollar instead of spending 75 cents or a dollar for a click on Facebook. Now you're, you know, we're getting them for 10 to 20 cents. Wow. Um, Wow. That's a massive improvement. Oh, it is for sure. And you're getting people to really engage in your content. Um, And so what we, what we're doing once we've got their, their contact info and now they're on our email list we're providing them you the the system works like this you attract you prescribe and you diagnose and so you've got a band-aid and a cure your band-aid is the free solution that you're giving them you know whether that's it's really just anything it could be a pdf article a video Um, and your cure is your actual course you're selling or your product. Sure. And so, yeah, the trip, does that explain? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. And we've, we've covered a topic we've never actually covered on the show, uh, which is really cool. The quiz funnels. Uh, so now I appreciate you doing that and telling us that they're, you're you're having some success with them. Oh yeah. No, they're great. Mm. Um, and we're, we're starting to implement them with some of our partners now in, in different brands and they're fantastic. So yeah, we did it on the beauty site. Um, oh, you did? Yeah. Several years ago, actually, we came up with this concept where you, you filled out this quiz about your, your skin and it gave you a prescription and yeah, it was super cool. So, and you, what type and the, of skin you have? Yeah. What your skin yeah. concerns were. And then it would recommend products to you. And if you want, if you give us your address, we would send you samples of those products so you could try them before you bought them. And um, the conversion rates from that funnel were, were insanely high. Fantastic. Yeah. The beauty space is a great one for quiz Mm. funnels Mm. for sure. I mean, it it works in literally every niche you can think of. Um, but there's some that work a little better than others. So as we have, um, back to, you know, we've, we're finding our raving fans and now we're, we're moving on to phase five where we begin to create the product and creating the product. There's really four steps there. You've got your research phase Mm -hmm. and this is where you're, you're spending a lot of time looking at competitors. Um, You're again, helium 10 great tool because you can go in and, and it'll sort out all of the reviews instead of reading through one by one you can pick, you know, say all of the one star reviews, and then it'll actually tell you 
um, the most commonly used phrases in each of these reviews, which is so helpful because, wow. you know, if you're selling uh, a collagen peptide product, let's say, you know, you go through and it tells you in my coffee is the most commonly used phrase. So now you see that your customers are primarily buying this product to put in their coffee. So little things like this are going to help you with creating yeah. your product yep. and, you know, marketing your product. Um, so yeah, you're doing your research, you're figuring out um, what your what people are saying their biggest pain points or what they don't like about these products. Um, you, you're then moving on to planning, which is where you're finding the right manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And this is a very difficult step. A lot of people end up quitting at this point because they're, they're just terrified of sending thousands of dollars off to, you know, a Chinese supplier, let's say fortunate, fortunately I have again, been doing this for years and so have you. So we've built up great supply chain, um, you know, manufacturers mm -hmm. that we can trust and that's not a problem anymore. So in the beginning though, it can be, it can be very difficult. Um, but yeah, you, you want to get samples sent out from, I'd recommend at least three different suppliers. Yeah. Um, you want to, you know, really negotiate. You want to get to a price where you don't want to fight them too much because you're going to end up pissing them off and they're going to start using um, subpar materials. Yeah in your products and they're not going to deliver on time and you're going to get pants, customer service and all that sort of stuff. Right. So you don't want to just nickel and dime your manufacturer, but you want to get a fair price where you're going to be able to, you know, stay in business mm. and compete. Um, anyhow, then you move on to your prototyping stage where you're again, depending on the type of product you're creating, if it's something from, completely from scratch where you have an engineer developing all this, you're going to do more prototyping versus if you're just creating a, a private label product that you're changing something slightly on, mm -hmm. you know, you might not be doing as much prototyping. Then you actually move on to manufacturing. Um, then you move on to phase six and this is where we finish the website. So the, as I mentioned and how are we on time? We're good. Yeah, we got a we got a little while. Yep. Okay. So once you're once you've got the manufacturing process going, you're now building. You already started your website. You've got your blog up. Your about your about us page and little bits, but you don't have your product details page and all the filler content. Mm. So you're really building that out and it's a perfect time to do it because you're waiting anywhere from again, 30 to 90 days. So do you take pre-orders so, on your sites? We've, we do, we've started doing that a lot more recently, mm -hmm. you know, than we did in the beginning. Um, again, I've, it's, it's a learning process. I learn new stuff every day, but, yeah, yeah. um, 
definitely over the last couple of years, I've started doing more pre-orders. But that can also bite you because I'll give you an example on a product from about three three months ago. We had everything in place. I had already received perfect prototype samples and manufacturer who I've worked with for years. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been talking a lot lately and losing my voice. No, no, no. Stay hydrated. Top tip, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. in the summer. She's so yeah this is a great example because um the the manufacturer had me believing that we were gonna be receiving our first batch of inventory in about two weeks Mm -hmm. and i had no reason to doubt that i've worked with this manufacturer on other products for years always came through well this time I find out, again, I started doing pre-orders and running ads, spending a lot of money. Uh, We we sold through about 50 or 60 products um, or 50 or 60 orders had come through. And I I was thinking that the products were about to be air freighted the next day. Everything's going to work. I get an email from the supplier. And he tells me bad news. All of the shell casings of the product were scratched. And now thankfully, you know, if, if I was um, a new client, mm. you know, I've heard of horror stories where they could have just shipped me the 2000 units with the scratches and I would have received them on time, but then I would have had a bunch of unhappy customers. So. You know, long story short, we had to, had to write the customers and tell them, look, we apologize, but um, we're going to be another couple weeks out and we're going to send you another unit as a um, way of apologizing, right? So, and that's something else to touch on. Not many people will do this because they're like, well, that's going to cost me more money. Mm-hmm. But if you do run into problems like this, do whatever you can to satisfy that customer, yeah. whether it's giving them another product for free, just make them happy because it will pay. It'll pay for that tenfold, a hundredfold. Yeah. These customers will tell their friends. Um, and especially when you're a new business as well, you want them, you need them to write the reviews. You need all of that sort of data and information. Exactly. Don't you? So you've got to treat them right to get that data out of them. It can destroy your business really yeah. before you even get started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and most people are pretty understanding if you, if you're upfront with them and you just communicate, they'll be okay with it. I mean, maybe we had one customer that, and you're always going to have one or two that, you know, nothing's going to make them happy. But the majority of them said, Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, no problem. I understand. So yeah, that's where were we? Um, Oh yeah. The finishing your website out while you're waiting for your product to finish manufacturing. Um, And then you move on to phase seven, 
So once your product has arrived, you've fully tested the website. Now, back in the beginning, when I didn't have a team, this was all me doing this stuff, you know, testing every button, testing yeah. uh, the whole shopping cart process. And of course, I miss things along the way. And, you know, you're going to run into so many headaches. Yeah, you really are. That but it's Matt, a crucial you know step. This. this whole testing thing is absolutely critical. We're making a new site um, live tomorrow, actually. Um, and we have spent days, hours. I mean, if you add up all the time we've spent testing, it will, it will run into weeks because you've got well, to yeah, get with multiple m- people yeah, yeah. on your team doing it. The whole team, everybody on the team has been testing and testing yep. and continually testing. And even then, I know for certain <laughs> one thing, we will have not caught everything, but we exactly. will have caught most things. Um, and the more people you throw at testing, the more bugs you catch, the more bugs you catch, the better your launch experience is going to be. Exactly. So if you're a solopreneur, you've got to hire your, you know, just bring on your family, friends. Yeah, get them in. Everybody them you testing. can think of. And test on every device as well. Don't just test it on your computer. Oh, that's, that's the other thing. Test it on your mobile, I mean, test it on your tablet. You've got to check Firefox, Safari, because yeah. you thought you checked everything. And then some customer writes who's using Internet Explorer, you know, and you're just like, wow. Oh, my how- goodness. Yeah. I didn't even know these people still existed, but apparently they do. And they're using my site and having issues. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. You're like, no, how could this be? It's worked on every browser, you know, every tablet. Um, So, yeah, there's no way you're going to catch everything, just like Matt said. But you can catch the majority of it. So, And get people to help you. And I don't think... Uh, and I mean, I, I don't want you, what you're thinking here is JJ, but for me, I don't think you have to solve every book. So for example, if your website doesn't work on certain versions of Internet Explorer, that's fine. Um, but you just need to put a notice upon your site saying this site has not been optimized for this version of Internet Explorer. Please use dot, dot, dot and explain what works. Right. Um, because again, if it's fine. one person out of a thousand that's using this or coming to the site, you got to weigh out the cost exactly. benefit. The cost benefit of it doing it. Yeah. Is it going to cost you $2,000 to, to have your developer make this change? Maybe it's not worth it, mm-hmm. you know, for that one customer a month that's yeah. going to come there. Yeah. But I think um, as long as you inform them and just say, you know, ahead of time, listen, we noticed this is what you're using. The site's not going to work that well on that browser. Please use something else. And your developer should do that for you pretty, pretty easily, I would have thought. Um, and you know what? I've Whenever we put that on a site, I've never had any issue or complaints from a client going, why have you not supporting my 1984 version of Internet Explorer? Yeah. Because they expect and, it. They kind of go, oh, well, you know, it's true. You're not the only site that said that to me. And maybe uh, you can even go the extra mile and throw a little uh, tutorial video out there and say, and yeah. by the way, if you'd like to check out, you know, the 2020 browsers that people are using, here's a great video. Um, it might even help you. Yeah. And there you go. Create some more goodwill. Absolutely. Always be helpful. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so phase seven then is you're, you're, you're doing all your testing. You've done a shed load of testing here. What, what else is going on? Yeah. So this is really the launch phase. And... It encompasses a lot. So you're 
you're launching and you're growing your brand, you know, so this phase is really going on all the way up until you exit the business. And so, you know, once, um, after we've launched, this is when we start really starting to, um, test more vigorously. We're testing our ads. We're, we're split testing different landing pages, yeah. different copy. Um, because we really just need to start driving as much traffic as we can to see what's working. And then we're eliminating what doesn't work mm-hmm. and we're doing more and more of what is working. So, you know, the other thing is so many new entrepreneurs will get overwhelmed. They think they have to do YouTube videos, Facebook ads, Google ads, all of it. Right. Yeah. And don't no. just, just pick one. That's always my advice. And pick one and do pick it really one and well. Master it. Yeah. Yeah. And then once, once you've built up a team and you're at a, a point where Matt or I are at, then you can have a person dedicated to Google, dedicated to YouTube, because these are full-time jobs yeah. running these different channels. Um, and, and your focus needs to be specifically growing your brand, what you're going to do to continue keeping your customers happy and, um, you know, driving more and more traffic yeah. to the brand. Um, no, that's very true. Very true. I actually had an, um, had an interesting conversation, uh, JJ, and tell me what you think about this. I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day about whether or not I should ditch Instagram, right? So I'm on Instagram. There's, I don't know, maybe 15,000 followers, 16,000, somewhere around there. It's, it's not a massive amount, but it's not a small amount, you know? Um, and we've got this Instagram account, but we, we're so focused on doing one or two things well that whilst our Instagram, you know, my personal Instagram account seems to be doing well, it's not what I do. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I think my focus needs to be in different locations and the numbers and stuff can be fun and interesting, but actually I've got to follow the same advice I give to everybody else, right? I've got to focus in and do one or two things well, rather than trying to do everything well. Um, exactly. So yeah, it's one of those. Yep. Very true. Um, one of the best pieces of pieces of advice we can give. Um, let's see. So at the same time, throughout the launch, mm-hmm. I'm I'm heavily focused on PR, and I'll typically work on maybe going on a media tour. So, you know, doing podcasts like this. I'm I'm going to start doing a lot more of this in the past. I had gone on and done a lot of um national TV. Yeah. And that's kind of going out and podcasts are starting to come in. Podcasts are great um, if you can get on them. Yeah, podcasts, YouTube, uh, stuff like that um is really the way of the future and where things yeah. are going. So yeah, it was great. I've been fortunate to have been able, you know, to go on things like Fox News and CNBC and these these national platforms um, and international. Um, but I, I really think podcasts have 
been more beneficial over the last year or two than even any of these big TV shows. Yeah, that's um, interesting, isn't it? Because usually what you'll find is there's going to be a, a handful of podcasting your specific niche. And right. so if you can get on those, their their whole audience is your specific niche, where if you get on something like the BBC, which is great, and I'm not saying don't get on the BBC or CNBC or Fox News or any of these other guys, but their their audience is everybody. Yeah, and so it's exactly. much more sort of big, big picture, isn't it? Whereas the podcasts are much more targeted, much more niches. It tends to be what I've found. Exactly. Uh, just another quick example on that. I was really surprised uh, when I was a guest on the EO Fire podcast. Um, oh, the John Lee. Uh, yeah, Dumas. John Lee Dumas. Yeah. Exactly. Within, say, 48 hours of that podcast going live, I had so many more um, applic- applications to work with me and my team uh, than we ever had when I went on the mornings with Maria, which I, which, what was that? A C CNBC. I can't even remember, but it was, you know, a big, um, it's broadcast at least across America. I don't know, maybe worldwide. And she's got millions of viewers. He has not close to that, but I had probably five times the amount of leads that had come in. Yeah, so he's got a really good established podcast, actually, John. Uh, so if you do get a chance to listen to it, EO EO Fire Entrepreneurs on Fire, isn't it? Um, I think that's what the EO stands for, and I quite like his show. I've met some really interesting people um, through his show. Now I listen to it, and I listen to some of the guests, and I go, "That'd be a really cool guy to get on the show." So we approach them and say, "Listen, come on to the podcast." It's um, yeah, we oh, really yeah. like what they do. And yeah, that's that's another great thing about podcasts is you start going on the circuit. And you have that, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I've probably had five requests in the last week by different people, you know, telling me they're selling me on how great their podcast is and why I should come on. So it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, So So phase seven is the launch and the growth phase. And then let's deal with phase eight, which you call the exit phase. You mentioned this earlier on when we're talking about the legals, but what's, what's this all about? Yeah, it's something I learned after my, my first exit and a very hard lesson I learned, um, which, and most entrepreneurs are never thinking about this. We talked about in the beginning because you're just off to the races thinking about making sales. You're not thinking about, you know, what's going to happen in two, three years when you've got buyers that want all of your analytics and they want all of your accounting in perfect order. And I had none of this. Mm. So I had to go back and spend thousands of dollars hiring proper accountants that, which I now have on staff but um, to go back in, figure everything out. Cause I was using two, three different bank accounts, you know, my personal, this and that, and I'd transfer money from one to the other, you know, do not do that. <laughs> Take it from me. I made so many of these mistakes mm-hmm. uh, and they cost me dearly. So start it right from the scratch. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, from the beginning, um, and get your analytics. Another big, big thing. If you need help on that, 
I've got a great team internally, but I'm happy to, you know, they've, they've got some extra time, so I can help there too. But, um, yeah, uh, something most people don't think about either. They'll just set up analytics real quickly, but they won't really focus in on, uh, their tag manager and getting all the buckets set up properly. Um, but this is what buyers want to see. And you've got to believe and expect if you're getting into business, you got to believe that you're going to eventually be at the point where you're going to sell this business one day. Um, so yeah, that's the exit phase. It's really just getting your counting in order from the beginning, your analytics and tracking. Um, and, and I'm, I have so much ADD. It's crazy. (laughs) And I'm, I'm by far, I'm not the, the sharpest tool in the shed. I can tell you that right now. So the fact that I've been able to go out there and, and have four successful, very successful exits in the past five years Mm -hmm. should tell you something like this isn't rocket science. No, you know what you're doing and it's, it's, um, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. No, but you've got to get it right. And I think Michael, is it Michael Gerber that wrote the e-myth? He said it right that, you know, your whole purpose in building a business is to sell it. Um, And whether you actually physically sell it or whether you keep, if you keep it, you're buying it yourself, you're trading your life for that business. And so his whole thing is, you know, you, you need this exit strategy, you build your business, you build it to sell it. Um, even if you're buying it yourself. And so you've, you've got to, you've got to position your business in a way that it's going to be attractive to a buyer. So yes, it's got to have turnover. Yes, it's got to have profit, but you've got to do the proper accounting and you've got to do the proper data uh, analytics and all that sort of stuff. So if someone comes along and wants to buy it, they can read through that and go, yeah, that's right for me. You've made it easy for them. Um, and if you're the one buying it, if you're keeping it, you can read through that data and go, yes, this is worth exchanging another year of my life for, right? Um, I can oh, see exactly. that in the information. So this, well, uh, and it cost me. I mean, on my first exit, we're talking about, you know, uh, between two and $3 million exit mm. for my first company, right? It's not a lot of money, but it's not a little bit of money. It's, sure. it's a good chunk. And I fell out of escrow twice because of this, because I didn't have the stuff in order and the people didn't want to waste the time or get buried in the, um, in my mess going through it all. So Luckily, fortunately, I was able to find somebody who could see past all that. And, and I spent all that money to get things in as good of order as I could clean it all up. But, um, yeah, just do not, do not do that. I can't stress that enough. Um, how do you, um, how do you find people to buy your business then? So you sort of get in two, three years into it, you feel, and it's like, it's now time to sell what do you have a process for that or is it just chance encounters? How does that work for you? Well, I've got a broker, um, a broker that I use, I've used for the last couple. Um, sometimes people will reach out directly to you. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, with the Moscow copper company. So depending on the niche you're in, you know, it was a perfect fit for these big spirit brands 
like Stoli, mm. uh, who we ended up partnering with. And they were initially very interested in, in purchasing the company. So that's also another thing we should touch on when creating your brand from the very beginning. A lot of times, you know, it can be very helpful to actually think that through before starting. If you're deciding between two products to start and one of them, you can see a clear exit strategy with a perfect buyer that, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll start a business just because I know who I want to sell it to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think really that interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then you will ultimately, um, if you build a good enough brand, people will start reaching out to you and, and that's when you know you've done something right. That's very and true. I had one you guy approach me actually. Putting people against yeah, each other. It's really fascinating how you say that because I did have, there's a few, about 18 months ago, um, and conversations have stopped a little bit because of COVID, but it was fascinating how they approached me to buy one of my online businesses. Um, and they said, listen, we are investors. We're cash, cash rich investors. Uh, we'll buy this. Um, they, they wanted to buy this brand and they said, you know, we can amalgamate that and we can get on and run that. That's great. But could we make an agreement with you that you would set up a business and in 18 months time we would buy it? So they were, they were like wanting to buy a business that I've not yet started. Yeah. 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 They were like, you seem to have a good track record of being able to start businesses, um, online businesses. So we're happy to partner with you in the sense that they're buying you. Yeah, yeah, in effect. Yeah, yeah. it's like, sure, we can, you know, I'll set this business up and you can buy it and we'll agree the terms ahead of time. So I know what it's going to look like. You know what it's going to look like. And I know what I'm building and why I'm building. And I have a clear exit strategy. It was absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And that reminds me now of these, these new platforms that are popping up. Oh, what's the name? There's this one I was blown away by recently that... The whole platform is, um, it's like a stock exchange, but for entrepreneurs, for people. So you're buying future value of this person and this person's time. <laughs> wow, that's a right? clever idea. And their shares yeah, yeah, yeah. are going up and down, um, yeah, based on the volume. So you can buy, say, 20 hours where this guy is he's just out of college. Maybe he's only at $30 an hour. And I've watched over the last couple of weeks as even as some people went from $30 an hour up to two and $300 an hour. Um, it's a crazy concept, isn't it? Wow. Where, yeah, you'll have to send me that. I'd love to have a look at that and see what's going on. That sounds like a I really will. I'll fascinating find it. idea. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But um, I've got yeah, it in my it through to me. And if if we can, we'll put it in the show notes if people want to check that out. Awesome. So let me. Um, so we've gone through these eight phases, right? Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to sort of go through them and to explain them. And I found the whole thing fascinating how you do it and the sort of the similarities that I go through. Um, JJ, just listening to you talk. Um, I'm like, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we do that. I wouldn't have put that that way, but that's quite clever. Um, So really, really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, no, it's great chatting with you. Oh, no, it's been great. If people want to get a hold of you, um, what's the best way to do that? How do people connect with you? Well, 
you know, we never got much into it, but I'm really starting over from scratch essentially at this point, because after my most recent exit, you know, of Moscow Copper, I decided to go in and launch this buildmybrand.xyz. And that's our incubator. But um, so we're now working with other new entrepreneurs who are looking to build their brands. And the best way to reach me would be either JJ at JJResnick.com. I look at and, and will reply to all of my emails directly. Um, or the buildmybrand.xyz website, you know, and you can apply there also to work with us. Um, yeah, because that's yeah, something quite, you, I've seen a few people do this, um, where people who have uh, an entrepreneurial drive or an idea, but don't necessarily know fully what they're doing, they can go to that website. And in fact, we've put it on the screen now, buildmybrand.xyz. Um, and you can use the link forward slash curiosity if you like. You don't have to. There's no problem. Um, and uh, have a look at what you guys do because they you you do work with entrepreneurs, don't you, and help them go through these phases. It's the process that you take people through. Your team come in and you help them build their business. Exactly. And it's been so exciting. I mean, just in the last few months, um, timing was crazy because we launched this just before COVID hit. And it's a good time to launch it, to be fair. Oh, yeah, because everybody in a, you know, our target market we're looking for is that corporate nine to five person who wants to get out of the rat race mm -hmm. and do their own thing. And that's a lot of people right now. Yeah. So, yeah, we take them under our wing. We invest in them. Um, I mentor them directly and build up brands. And so we're doing everything right now. Um everything from a UV um, sanitizing all the way to um, uh, working with doctors. Uh, one of them is a revolutionary at-home allergy test. Super exciting stuff, but, and everything in between. Wow. So we're, you know, it's fun. I'm really relaunching um, starting over from scratch, but mm. at this point, it's like I can do it in my sleep almost. I know it's what you're used to, isn't it? Yeah, I've done it. And don't you find working with other entrepreneurs? Um, we've just launched, for example, a website this week with a lady called um, Joe Jewett. Uh, interestingly, also has JJ as her initials. Uh, but Joe Jewett, um, who is a lovely lady, she was the makeup artist for Princess Diana, um, Bette Midler, you know, Barbara Streisand. She's really uh, got wow. some great clients under her belt. So we've just launched a project with her. Don't you find it's just such good fun working with other entrepreneurs that are hungry, that have a skill set that you don't have, um, but you can bring what you do and really help sort of magnify that and together oh, something. It's, it's just quite, it's quite fulfilling. It's what work, I, I live for. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what brought us together. And you mentioned it in the beginning, our initial conversation that was supposed to be 15 minutes. <laughs> I think we talked for an hour and a half that <sighs> time. And, and that's, that was the reason because we both have different skill sets and, you know, you would say something that would trigger me and we were just feeding off each other mm. back and forth. And now that's what I get to do all day long. And what my favorite thing to do and what I'm best at is 
building the brand and launching it. And what I don't enjoy is the continuous op day-to-day operations, you know? So now I find those people that want to be a CEO and have this successful business, give it to them and I get them off to the races. So it's, it's a win-win for both. And I get to spend my days working with all these new entrepreneurs. So it's just as amazing. So much fun. Love it. Listen, JJ, I uh, appreciate you being with us on the show. Thanks for taking the time to be here and thanks for sharing in great detail your process. Um, I'm sure folks have got a lot out of it. I know I certainly have got a lot of notes. Um, And if people want to reach out and connect with you, they can do. And the link for JJ's website is on the screen. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, buildmybrand.xyz if you're English or XYZ if you are not. (laughs) And uh, check out JJ website do get in touch with him and as i said we will put a link to jj's site and the notes and everything from tonight's show on the uh on the show notes which you can also find at mattedmondson.com jj thanks for being with us thanks for taking the time to be here really really appreciate you being with us uh i hope all goes well for you with your um with your new child that is approaching very very quickly uh, yeah, I might be coming today. You never know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Matt. No problem. Thanks for being on the show, JJ. Much appreciated. See ya. Okay, wasn't that fantastic with JJ? Didn't he just go through everything with a fine-tooth comb? This is going to be the kind of episode where you are going to want to go back and you're going to want to listen to it again, and we understand that totally. So uh, you can watch it again. We'll put the video on YouTube. It will also be on Facebook, and you can uh, listen to it again through the audio podcast system, no problem. As I said, uh, we will put the notes from tonight's episode uh, on the website, mattedmondson.com. Just head on over to there and dig out the episode with JJ and you'll find all the show notes, all the links to the videos and the audio because I know you're going to want to check it out again. It was so, so rich, that's for sure. And it can be something as simple as a tactic, like JJ was talking about quiz funnels and you maybe go, oh, that sounds interesting, uh, how he's using quiz funnels and sort of, you know, halved his Facebook ads cost. Um, So I'm going to go check that out. Or you might think, actually, I like this idea of building for an exit, you know, building my business for an extra exit strategy. I want to find out more about that. Do get in touch with JJ. I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you about it uh, and his thinking behind it as well. So um, all that's left for me to say is thank you for tuning into the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being a part of the community. Thanks for being one of my fellow e-commerce. We call you an e-commerce. I just like this word. We're an e-commerce. Um, and uh, we hope you got a lot out of the show. Hope you enjoyed, JJ. Do stay connected. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your content because we are going to carry on interviewing more fantastic folks like JJ in the show. We've got some great guests coming up. You are not going to want to miss any of it. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, and make sure, like I say, you connect with us on Facebook. Uh, so you can also watch the lives. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, That's everything from me. So uh, goodbye for now. Have a great day. Have a great evening, wherever you are. uh, And we will see you again very, very soon. So bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.